AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It's Monday, June 20th. I'm Oscar Ramirez from the Daily Dive podcast in Los Angeles, and this is Reopening America. There's a whole swath of young kids that have never known life without COVID. Their formative years were spent masking and social distancing, and the long-term effects remain unknown. Studies and observations show that some kids are behind in speech, motor, and social development, and could need counseling, speech therapy, and other support to adjust. There is optimism in the resilience of young kids to adapt now that things are a little bit more back to normal, and in some of the positive effects like spending more time with family. Anna North, senior correspondent at Vox, joins us for how the pandemic affected the country's youngest children. Thanks for joining us, Anna. Thanks so much for having me. Let's talk about an interesting subject here, something that I've been wondering about a lot. You know, as we've gone through the pandemic, hopefully we're getting out of the pandemic on the other side of things now. And we've done a lot of stories about our kids, our students going to school and how that's impacted them, how it's disrupted them. But what about the younger kids, the infants, the toddlers, the preschoolers, those that have kind of gone through a lot of these crucial years of early development during this time of heavy isolation, a lot of confusion back and forth, mask wearing, right? A lot of people were pointing to masks as uh, not being able to uh, look at facial features, things like that. And how these kids are adapting to life, you know, like, as I mentioned, through the pandemic and coming out of it. Anna, you wrote a piece, you were following some kids at a school, uh, very young kids, and just kind of exploring this whole notion. So tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah, that's right. I really wanted to look into this for a couple of reasons. Um, One, as you say, we've focused a lot as journalists, and I've written a lot of stories about school-age kids and sort of some of the impacts of remote school. But we really just know less about kids who are younger than five, who haven't necessarily been in public school, who, you know, have faced a really different and much more sort of patchwork picture over the last few years. And then I'm also the parent of a four-year-old. So I was just curious, how has this been affecting his age group? I mean, something I've noticed with him is that this is just the water he swims in. I mean, he doesn't really question wearing a mask because he doesn't remember a time when we didn't. So what does that mean? You know, is this that good or bad? And and sort of kids in his age group, what has changed for them versus kids who were growing up five years ago? Totally. I mean, yeah, I mean, you just said it there. You went through it very personally. I mean, that's that you lived through this part of it very intimately. And you're right, just going back briefly to school age kids and what's going on since their return, right? It's a period of two and a half years of constant disruption. And we heard a lot, a lot of teachers, a lot of parents, administrators saying, well, we see them emotionally stunted 
fragmented almost. Uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of fights with people. They don't know how to interact with each other. So now bring that back down to our younger children. And then, you know, the, the picture is a lot more unclear. From what we've seen from some studies and whatnot, we're looking at uh, measures of motor skills, social development, that it seems like they have taken a hit. Although, by and large, everybody says that kids are so resilient, they will bounce back from this. But tell us a little bit about what some of the research has said so far. Yeah, it's interesting. So definitely researchers agree, you know, researchers and people who work with children all agree that the first three, the first five years are just so, so important for um, your brain development, for your cognitive development, your development as a person. These are really crucial times when you're sort of forming a lot of your skills and a lot of who you are. And so a lot of folks were concerned what's it going to be like for kids who during this time have been much more isolated than they ordinarily would be. And they weren't able to do a lot of things that people might have taken for granted. I mean, as a parent, I think about just like how long it was when my kid didn't go to the grocery store, you know, and like you think of that as a small thing, but there's just dozens of things like that. So what does that mean? Unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, we don't have standardized test scores for this group, so we can't look to that, but we've seen researchers do other sorts of tests of development that you can do on babies and young children. And some of them have found some concerning things. Spoke to one researcher who had seen when she and her team looked at babies who were born during the pandemic versus babies who'd been born before, you know, found some differences in terms of motor skills, found some differences in terms of sort of personal social skills. So, you know, there was some sense that just being a baby born at this time, and to be clear, this wasn't like babies whose mothers had necessarily gotten COVID while they were pregnant. It was just based on the time that they were born. But it did have some impact. You know, and then I talked also just kind of qualitatively to teachers and administrators at the school that I visited um, and to parents. And they they definitely notice, you know, they notice changes, especially a teacher who works with four and five year olds, saw a lot of speech delays. She was concerned also just about there's a lot of thinking around just how kids learn and how they learn in a social environment and how they learn to be part of a society and how important that can be in this sort of intangible way for all their other types of learning. And these are kids who kind of like weren't part of a society for a little while or they were part of a really tiny society. So, you know, I think educators do have concerns about this. I mean, to to that point, right, you're talking about the smaller things, the visits to the grocery store. Uh, You know, a lot lot of the kids, uh, uh, teachers you spoke to when they're talking to the kids are saying, well, have you been to the beach? Have you been to the library? And there's a lot of no in these kids' lives. And to that point, right? The attitudes and the interactions that people had during the pandemic were totally different. Yeah, you have to practice the social distancing, the mask wearing. You know, there wasn't a very open thing. It was a very much like if you went out in the public, you're doing what you got to do. You're getting back inside because you're, you're scared, right? You're scared of getting sick and kids are sponges. They're picking those little nuances up. So, you know, how does that affect them as they do go back into school in person? And there's so many questions, right? That's kind of one of the, the difficult things, as you mentioned. There's no standardized test for any of this stuff. It's all very much a lot of questions and how things will bear out. Now, some of the people did say, some of the experts said, it's not all bad. This was another point where kids were able to spend a lot more time with family. You know, obviously, if the the home situation was was good, but, you know, it strengthens those bonds. So, I mean, there are some positives that could have come out of this as well. Yeah, I think, you know, I spoke to a a neuroscientist named uh, Mariah Thomason, and I thought she was really illuminating in terms of talking about, you know, yes, we have concerns. Yes kids like really across the age spectrum need support right now but at the same time we shouldn't assume 
that this was just like completely like these are just completely lost years for children. And it's true that pretty much every time you speak to a family and, you know, I've done this a lot for my work, you know, you ask like, well, I know this is a terrible time. We never would have wished for this pandemic to happen, but is there any silver lining? Almost everyone will say, I spent more time with my kids. We spent more time together as a family. And so, you know, and, and there are real cognitive benefits to that. It's not just like nice, you know, although it can, it can be nice. So I think it's important to see like, you know, this is a generation of kids that has had unique challenges, but they've also had some unique benefits. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you you made mention in the article too. You know, you don't want to qual- uh, just classify these kids as some type of lost generation and dismiss them, right? They're going to need help. They're going to need services. A lot of people are pointing to counseling, speech therapy, other support. And when we look at those things, right, they often cost money. A lot of times schools don't have the adequate resources to provide that as well. So um, when we're looking at uh, our, uh, you know, boys uh, get affected by this a little bit more sometimes and then low income families again. So those are other things that we need to watch out for, for these younger kids that have grown up through the pandemic like that. Yeah, everybody I spoke to really underlined, um, you know, the importance of looking at inequality here. And I think for parents who have a little bit of financial means and who have the time, they're able to sort of see like, okay, you know, where is my kid struggling? How can I maybe get them therapy? How can I, you know, potentially they have the financial means to be able to pay for that out of pocket or they have the health insurance to pay for it. But lower income families, they don't always have they don't always have that in a lot of cases, you know, the services that their kids get come through the school. And so there's a real need for funding those services. And those services were underfunded before the pandemic started. Schools were underfunded before the pandemic started. And those problems have really gotten worse because a lot of speech therapy, things like this just weren't happening during lockdown. So everybody's playing catch up. There's more demand than ever. You know, everybody really talks about just this incredible increased need, and especially for kids who don't have a lot of financial resources in their family. Uh, Still, a lot of the experts, as we've been talking about, say they don't think these will be lifelong problems. Kids are so resilient. And by and large, right, most almost all schools now are in person again. So there is that time to rebuild all that. Uh, I know you followed a lot of kids and went to a lot of different schools and, and, and kind of seen what was going on, spoke to a lot of parents and teachers, uh, just observing all that. How did you see the kids? How did you see the youngest of them and the way they interact now? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, at the at the preschool that I visited, I was struck, you know, it's interesting that people, researchers have had these concerns and teachers have had these concerns because there also was this sense when I was in that preschool classroom that things are pretty normal. You know, these are, were kids who were interacting with each other. They were kids who were playing and having fun. They were kids who were like squabbling and arguing the way kids squabble and argue and like making up the way kids make up. So it's not I don't want to overstate any of this and say, you know, kids don't know how to be kids anymore or they don't know how to play together anymore because that's not true. And I think it's wonderful to see, you know, what educators are doing with kids and how they're sort of helping them get back into the world. I think the message of resiliency is really important. And, you know, if anything, I think what we should take from this is, yes, these youngest kids might need some help in terms of making up for things that they've lost, but that help is really valuable and they can get back on track and they can really bounce back from that. That's a great way to put it. I appreciate that you said that, right? Uh, the pandemic has been nothing but a series of disruptions, you know, obviously health-wise and others, but a series of disruptions and, and everybody's looking forward to getting back to that normalcy, whatever that could be. It might not even be the same anymore, but when it comes to our kids, as you mentioned, getting them those services, helping them the right way, that's going to, is what's going to bring them all back, back to as much normal as we can. Anna North, senior correspondent at Vox, 
Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this has been Reopening America. Don't forget that for today's big news stories, you can check me out on the Daily Dive podcast every Monday through Friday. So follow us on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.